we're on to the Sweet 16. What I got right, what I got wrong. And is Grayson Allen overrated or just overhyped? As well as, what's wrong with kids in sports these days, according to Gina Oriema? This is the Game Time Guru. So, what time is it? Game Time Guru! What's going on, everybody? Welcome out to episode eight of the Game Time Guru. I'm the host, Shane Larson. Got a couple things in store for you today. Before we get started, as always, hit the share button. I appreciate you if you um, followed my my Facebook page that I, I put out last week. But if you could share the podcast with your friends, that would be extremely helpful. Also, go on to iTunes, go to the podcast section, follow the Game Time Guru so you can get the notifications every time my episodes come out. I also can be found on Stitcher or the Google Play, uh, the Google Music Play Store, whatever it's called. I always get it wrong, so it's the Google Play Music Store, whatever. So today, we're going to start off with the Sweet 16. It's upon us. Uh, the first two rounds were sort of exciting with a couple of games, but there weren't too many in, uh, Cinderella upsets. Uh, I just wanted to kind of bring up a couple of points here. I want to say that I was absolutely right about Wisconsin. Let's, let's just put that there, okay? So, Wisconsin, I said it in last week's episode, I said they're going to pull it off against Villanova. I thought they'd pull it off if they got past the first round, which they squeaked by Virginia Tech, and they got it done against Villanova. I'm extremely impressed because they have the big guys and the veteran leadership on that team with their seniors, the guys who have been there before to get it done. Um, I'm liking Wisconsin, and that was one of the more exciting games I, I feel uh, the first round, or sorry, the second round um, of the tournament. Wisconsin pulled it off. I was really proud of myself for that call. That was like, oh, what are you talking about? Wisconsin not going to do it. I'm like, dude, no, Wisconsin can get it done. So I was actually happy about that. Michigan, I did not expect to get past the second round, but they keep surprising people. They hit it hot right at the end of the season at the Big Ten tourney, and they've kept that train rolling um, into into the the March Madness tournament and here they are they found themselves into the sweet 16 let's take a second and think about Xavier dude Xavier I'm excited to watch them play Arizona okay this could be an exciting matchup because they're on an absolute tear right now and honestly I didn't see Xavier coming I I did not that was one team I completely overlooked when I was filling out my bracket that was not even something that was close to being an upset in my mind. I was like, they're not going to make it past the first round, whatever. And seeing their first two games, I'm extremely impressed with how they dominated on both sides of the floor. They're just athletic and they're smart. So this game coming up against Arizona in the Sweet 16, that's a danger game for Zona. Um, that they got to be careful, you know. They've got to be really careful because Arizona has their games where they look on fire, and then there's their games like everybody has to have their off games or their games where they're just not flowing as well. The matchups might be a little bit uh, more difficult for them to get into their flow. And who knows, man? Maybe Xavier comes out and, and pulls it off. And Duke, are we surprised? Like, sort of. I mean, nobody expected them to really lose to South Carolina, but I didn't really expect them to like go too far in the bracket. Granted, they did have a semi easier bracket. I don't know. Like it just seemed like they they should have gone further, at least made it to the sweet 16. Right. But, uh, 
I mean, I can't can't say I'm too surprised, but at the same time, I am because it, it broke a lot of it busts a lot of brackets. And I'm not a Duke fan at all when it comes to to Duke UNC rivalry. I'm all UNC. I like to root for them. I'm not a Duke fan, but they had a lot of talent this year. Uh, big name players, a lot of uh, media hype around that organization, and I thought that maybe they would pull it off and be able to come together with everybody healthy. The thing is, uh, they just couldn't get it done. And after watching them the last half of the season, I I realized that Grayson Allen, tantrum throwing Grayson Allen, let's talk about him for a second. He is at least the third or fourth best player on that team. And quite frankly, I'm I'm kind of sick of hearing everybody talk about how good he is. Now, see, I have a few buddies at work that will go will go a few rounds talking about Allen, um, whether or not he's NBA talent, uh, wh- what he's going to do when he gets to the next level, uh, if he decides to actually go out for the draft. And I always say, man, like, okay, he may be a first round talent, but he's the end of the first round, and I bet he's out of the NBA within the next two or three years. Like, I don't, I say, I think he's playing overseas or he's in the D League. I don't see him as an NBA talent, and I don't understand why the media keeps hyping this guy up. Is it because he keeps throwing his temper tantrums? Is it because he, he's so immature that it's fun to, to you know follow him? I mean, the kid can score, that's for sure. He can shoot, but he's so one-dimensional, and I can't stand watching him. He's one of my least favorite players, to be honest. I think he's extremely overrated and overhyped, but can you be overrated? Here's the question that comes up. Can you be overrated if you're actually really good at you know, your one skill set. He's a great shooter. He's a great scorer. So can you be overrated? Well, no, because he is talented. This is where I think I, I come into the to the difficult argument of maybe he's just overhyped. The media's got him and everybody's loving on him. And so he's just overhyped. It's kind of the same thing that happened to Jared Solinger um, back at Ohio State. And what I mean by that is Solinger had a good good run with Ohio State back a couple years years back. I think it was 2012, 2013, uh, right before he came out. It was like his junior – or sorry, his sophomore year. <laughs> he came out early. It was his sophomore year when he was really doing well with Aaron Kraft, and he was a great post. I mean, he was scoring. He was, he was dominating, but he was an undersized post. But he could shoot too, so he was like – you know, this, he had a good touch to his shot, and he was getting all this hype. And a friend of mine said, dude, he's overrated, man. He's just, he's overrated. He's not that good. And I kept thinking, I was like, well, he is good. I mean, he can score. It's obvious. It's in the stats. It's in the record. They're, you know, pulling it off against a lot of, a lot of good teams. So I said, he's just overhyped. Maybe if they, they keep talking about him as if he's the, the next best power forward to ever play the game like that's not true he's just overhyped he is a good player so I think the same argument can be made for Grayson Allen I'll throw him a bone he's actually a good scorer but when I'm watching him play he is such a liability on the defensive side of the floor that I can't I can't put him on the elite college basketball player level right now and if he decides to actually come back for one more season at Duke I think that would be the best thing for him he needs to mature because if he throws a tantrum like he's doing right now in the NBA, he's going to get punched in the face. Because they're not going to have any of that. You get a veteran team, and some of these guys on the on the squad. I mean, they might mentor him, be his like you know, be his mentor, help him mature at that level. But if he's throwing tantrums and trying to throw elbows and kicking a player, that's a different story. 
Okay, so like if you're hurting the team, the NBA players aren't going to have that. They're getting paid to do that. So, you know what I mean? He's 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 not going to make it in the NBA. He needs to go back for one more season at Duke. Whatever though, we'll uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I'm not a fan of Grayson Allen, but I do love Emil Jefferson. Got to give him credit there. My picks for the next two rounds in March Madness. Um, I, I had a couple of the picks that I got right were Wisconsin. I had West Virginia making it, Arizona. I have UCLA. Um, I had Kansas, obviously, and UNC, those easy ones. My bracket got destroyed, though. I had Wichita State win in the first round. Last week on the show, I said, yeah, you know what? They're a great team. I don't know how they're a 10 seed. They got past the first round, squeaked by. I was hoping, I was just praying for them to get past Kentucky, and they didn't. So that was one that I didn't get right. It was one of my sleepers, and they didn't get it right. So out of the Sweet 16, though, I have one, two, I have Wisconsin, Florida, Baylor, uh, West Virginia, Gonzaga, Arizona, UCLA, UNC, Butler, Mich- or no, sorry, Oregon, uh, Kansas, and that's it. So those are the, the teams that I got right. In the next couple rounds, though, here's what I got. I've got Wisconsin riding their streak over Florida, all right? They're riding their streak over Florida. I think Wisconsin's on fire right now. Um, I've also got West Virginia upsetting Gonzaga. This is where Gonzaga's story season, uh, sorry, historical season ends. Uh, West Virginia is going to press them across the floor. They're not going to be able to beat them. Uh, Arizona is going to beat Xavier, but it's going to be a close matchup. Uh, I think Xavier is going to come out and, and have a tough game against them. They're going to they're going to put take it to them. They're not scared of anyone. They're not scared of the big name in Arizona. Uh, I think Arizona is more talented overall, so I think they win. UCLA beating Kentucky. I got I got Ball taking it over. Um, I want I want to see UCLA's offense just take it to Kentucky. After watching Kentucky play against uh, Wichita State, I just wasn't impressed. I think UCLA's got more talent. I think they beat them again. UNC over Butler, Michigan upsetting Oregon. I've got Michigan riding one more round on this hot streak that they're on, and I've got Kansas over Purdue. At the end of the day, though, what I've got in my final four, after everything's said and done, I've got Wisconsin, Arizona, Kansas, and UNC in my final four. Those are who's going to make it past the Elite Eight matchups. Um, So we'll see when we come back next week what we got. All right? So for those of you who are aware of, um, or at least follow women's college basketball, most of you would know who uh, Gina Oriema is. He's the head coach of the UConn women's basketball program. He is an amazing coach for that sport. And just recently, I think it was yesterday or the day before, he had a press conference and he made a really, really good point about what's going on with the kids these days and why it's so difficult to recruit certain types of, uh, certain types of kids. Um, and I want to play a couple clips from that, from that press conference and we're going to talk about it for a second. Recruiting enthusiastic kids is harder than it's ever been because every kid watches TV and they watch the NBA or they watch Major League Baseball or they watch the NFL, whatever sport they watch, WNBA, it doesn't matter. And what they see is people just being really cool. So they think that's how they're going to act. And they haven't They haven't even figured out which foot to use as a pivot foot, and they're going to act like they're really good players. You see it all the time. You see it every AAU tournament. You see it every high school game. So recruiting kids that are, like, really 
upbeat, we love in life and love the game and have this tremendous appreciation for when their teammates do something well. That's hard. That's hard. It's really hard. So I, I really respect Oriema for coming out and basically just saying it how it is. I just kind of wanted to touch base on the the nature of sports nowadays and, and how true his statement really is. A lot of kids are, are coming out, and, and you'll see it. They are. They're trying to be cool. Um, they're, they're trying to be – they're the isolation players, and the parents are part of the problem as well. Uh, even from when I played competitively in high school compared to now, it's only been, you know, 10 years, but it's it's even different. You could see it start shifting back then. Now it's even worse. Uh, like like he says, like he, he goes in in his press conference and talks about how the parents the – are the kids are looking up the scoreboard because the parents – want them to get a certain amount of points or else they're going to get in trouble and stuff like that. They're, they're not really based. They're, they're not focused on a team sport. They're not focused on the overall uh, holistic viewpoint of the game. Um, they're focused on their own, their own skill set and what they can do and what lottery pick they're going to be in the NBA draft and all this stuff. They want to be the number one pick, number one player in the world and all this stuff. And it is true. And I, I thought it was interesting that a women's college basketball coach was bringing it up. And what was awesome, though, is because he's so well-respected amongst everybody, he uh, he was listened to. It was shared on Facebook over and over and over again. I saw it all over the, uh, the social media outlets yesterday, um, all the sports fans, because it's so true. All these players, I see it even – I went and watched a couple of my buddies play in a basketball tournament this weekend. It's a local tournament, three-on-three basketball. You know, it's a bunch of guys just from the Valley playing. And you'll see it, the younger kids especially. Like, they all think that they're they're so cool and they're, they're trying to dribble and do their cool moves and all this stuff, and they're not team players. Um, it, it, you can see how it's starting to change, especially the younger kids. They're getting to that point at, a, at an earlier age. And it's kind of sad – and you're seeing those parents he's talking about are like uh, Lonzo Ball's dad. If we we don't need to get too much into that uh, today, but it's already over the all over social or sorry all over the media. It's all over the, like ESPN and Fox Sports News. They can't get enough of Lavar. He's he's taken over, but you can see that. He's got so much pressure on these kids, and they might not say that. Like, Lonzo Ball's not going to say that, and his, his brothers aren't going to say that. There's so much pressure on him from his dad and his stupid mouth that he keeps running all over on these media outlets um, in all of his interviews and all this stuff. They're not going to say it's putting pressure on him, but I, I guarantee it is. I don't, I don't want to be a parent like that. Um, my, my son is seven months old, and... When he gets older, I want to be a parent that's going to encourage him to be a team player. And I'm grateful that my parents never did that. They never asked me to be more than I was and put all that pressure on me and, and make me be the, the star player. You got to be a team player. And I love Oriema's speech because he talks about body language. I, am, I, I get down on myself quite a bit when I miss a shot or if I mess up in the game. In my head, it gets to me pretty quickly. I've always been like a head case when it comes to any sport for that matter. And he talks about body language. And one of the things I loved is like how his, he, he emphasizes that with his coaching staff. His coaching staff has a lockdown on body language. If a player on his team, if she's not you know, showing good, positive body language, she's out of the game. 
And he talked about a couple of years ago when he pulled one of his star players off the off the court for pretty much the entire game. And, and people thought that she was resting for 30 minutes for the game that was coming up, the, the next game that was coming up. And he said, no, it's because she was acting like she was a 12-year-old. And so I took her off the court and she sat there. I love that. Uh, body language is huge in sports. And I think we need to be teaching our kids that at an early age. I, I, for one, could definitely still use it. When I miss a layup, man, my mouth starts running. I'm mad. I'm saying swear words out loud. I get technical fouls. It, it, it plays into me. You can tell. Um, and I can tell when, I'm, when I start missing shots and my body language starts going down, then it affects other people. And I love how he's a coach that truly does emphasize or puts an emphasis on that specific that specific detail it's kind of crazy because nobody really pays attention to that you know you have your attitude and it, it kind of plays into that and people watch your attitude and and how you are as a as a teammate but your your body language how awesome is that that Oriema puts an emphasis on body language here was the rest of his uh here's the other clip sorry that I wanted to show you of this interview that he did so that we can talk about this before we wrap up but I'd rather lose than watch kids play the way some kids play I'd rather lose. And they're allowed to get away with just whatever. And this kind of goes back to the fact of, like, when I was talking about Grayson Allen and his temper tantrums, this is the same concept. If, if Gino Auriemma was coaching him, no disrespect to Coach K. Obviously, he's Hall of Fame, hands down, one of the best coaches to ever coach. Like, that's not even a question. My, my point is, though, if somebody with this mindset, though, that's putting an emphasis on body language was coaching Grayson Allen, Allen would not be playing. And I love how Oriema says, I'd rather lose. I think we should all take a, take a second and reflect on this. I'd rather lose than watch these kids play the way that they do. They're too cool for the game. Something doesn't go their way. They pout. They get mad. And then it impacts everybody else on the team. Nobody understands the impact that you can have on a team by simply pouting and throwing a fit and acting like, oh, well, because you didn't score – that it's not good enough because your other teammate scored, but you didn't even score. So it's not – the point's good, but it's not as good as it could have been because you could have scored. It's like They have that mindset. As ridiculous as it sounds, you can see that, and that's what Oriema was talking about when he was giving his little speeches in his press conference. I, I, lo I loved it. I absolutely loved his point, and it's something that I can reflect on personally because, like I said, I have problems with that. If I miss a shot, I get mad. It's not necessarily mad at – my teammates or anything like that. It's mad that I can't make a layup. But what I need to realize is that my attitude, my body language, it does have an impact on other people because your teammates don't want to play with you when you're getting mad and when you're frustrated. They don't want to play with you, so it impacts them in, 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 in a different way. So it's an impactful thing. I love how he, he emphasized that. And I think as a society, and for me personally as a parent, a new parent now, I'm going to put a focus on that. My whole life, I'm going to try to teach positivity for my child when he's growing up and if he decides to participate in sports, I want to make sure that he understands the importance of his body language and his overall attitude because I don't want him to turn out like Grayson Allen. Okay, I can relate to Grayson Allen at some of his things that he does. I can, I really can, but not to that level because I never played Division One basketball for a top-tier program like Duke. Uh, but I want to be like Gino, Gino Oriema and, and teach my son the importance of all that, that you're not too cool for the sport. You need to focus on the team and you need to focus on your overall attitude. That's all I got for you guys today. It, it was a simple one, brief one. I hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, 
Like I said, please hit the share button on Facebook and share this with your friends. If you don't listen to Sports Talk, that's fine. Share it to some people because maybe somebody on your friends list will listen to Sports Talk. Give me some comments. Um, Go to iTunes. Go to Stitcher. Go to the Google Play Store. Find me and, and subscribe to my podcast. It's all free, by the way. So just subscribe to it if you could for me. It would help me out. And if you can, try and leave some reviews for me. I would greatly appreciate it. Um, for those of you that do listen to it, I do truly appreciate your support um, while I'm getting this thing running. I'm enjoying what I'm doing. So I'll talk to you guys next week. Uh, please help me out. Hit that share button. It's the Game Time Guru, Shane Larson. We'll see you later.